Waxy Wednesdays with Wax Romantics. Um, okay. But hey, guys. Welcome to Waxy Wednesdays with Wax Romantics. Very exciting episode today. We have our first guest ever. Um, before we introduce him, though, I'd be remiss to not bring this up. You guys probably saw this. I just wanted to mention it real quickly. We don't have to talk about it. But um, do you guys see the thing where Bono was on that podcast? Um, yes. Yeah. And he said he's embarrassed by most U2 songs, only recently learned to sing, and also still doesn't like the name U2. That's so, my boy um, right there. Yeah. Like I said, we don't need to talk about it. I just thought we could all shout out Bono and say, Bono, you've had a an amazing illustrious career i'm so sorry you're feeling down king but uh you'll get over this and you're way better than trey from fish also by the way he just wears the sunglasses because he has glaucoma so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so didn't think about giving him shit for that <laughs> but uh no to be real um we love you bono and uh, you're welcome on the podcast anytime and we'll talk you up a little bit um but anyways, let's get to it. Like I said, very exciting episode today. We have our first guest ever, and it's Joe, Joe Nash, our cousin Joe. Joe, you want to say hello? Hello. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, Joe. So where in the world are you right now? So I'm in Syracuse, New York. Uh, it does not look like my background. There's a bunch of snow on the ground, but uh, I'd like to think that I'm still out in the warm forest. Right on. Uh, pretending as if I am. And what, what are you doing in New York? I'm finishing up grad school. So I'm studying uh, forest ecology, forest management, and finishing up my grad degree here. That's awesome, man. Um, so that's actually a good segue into something I wanted to talk about. Um, let me pull this up. Are you guys able to see my screen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Joe, as someone who spends a lot of time in the forest, uh, you ever find yourself climbing trees or anything like that? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. I was just wondering if anything like this has ever happened to you. I'll go ahead and play this uh, quick clip. <laughs> oh no you ever experienced anything like that <laughs> i've never experienced anything quite as tragic as that <laughs> i've certainly taken my fair share of tumbles uh, but not that dramatic so you do you do find yourself climbing trees sometimes though yeah so when i'm out like for a job and i'm getting paid um i don't climb trees because it's certainly frowned upon from a safety uh -huh. point of view especially when i'm <laughs> not by myself um but after the work day's done <laughs> i definitely find myself climbing and doing things that I wouldn't so, know what be, uh, be doing. Do you ever um, prepare to, uh, to climb trees by doing any exercises like this? Let me pull this up again. 
So this is a, a young I woman. already like where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Hell yeah. She's trading in her backyard. Um, I think it goes well for her. I don't remember this clip, but let's see it. I'm doubting the stability of the chair. You ever train yeah. like that? So, no, her mistake was that she hadn't adequately prepared for what it's like to be upside down, which requires uh, a lot more strength than being right side up. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. We should try to reach out to that young lady. And, They're like uh, in an overall like tree climbing strategy that you adhere to. Like, do you pick, do you see, do you find trees that are good for climbing? And then yeah. so, how do you go about climbing them? Cause I always kind of sucked at climbing trees. Well, it's important to have branches that are, you know, uh, strong enough to hold your weight. And so number one important thing is to like make sure that the branches that you're about to rely on can support you uh, but the difficulty what i think that you're speaking to is finding trees that have branches that give you easy access and so the way around that is to learn how to climb up the trunk vertically which is pretty uh, difficult to do um oh, like, much easier yeah. with spikes uh, so are yeah, you are you observing for beehives before you start climbing these trees? <laughs> yeah, that's in like the general like yeah. Realize where you're at, but like make sure that the yeah, branches like, are safe. Okay, okay, we're good. You know, there's <laughs> so, no drop bears. Yeah. What do you think the highest you've climbed on a tree is? What's your max height reached? Max tree height. Four twenty. <laughs> yeah maybe like 50 feet Damn. oh that's pretty good that's, that's pretty actually high. so this uh next guy he was probably up about that high oh no <laughs> and uh oh no yeah oh, no. <laughs> he just went limp <laughs> See the, yeah So I feel bad for that young man. Did you see his shirt though? It said something about arse marks. Arse marks? Arse yeah, that said arsenic. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but in a way, he was maybe asking for that by wearing a Boulder t shirt. He didn't seem like he was like, uh, you know, ready to climb that tree, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I I have some friends who climb trees professionally and they're, you know, they have all the correct gear and, and all of the training to get up there and stay up there safely. Um, I don't, I just do it for fun occasionally. And so I can totally see something like that happening to people who are completely inexperienced <laughs> and just think that it's easy. Joe, what's the most, um, dangerous animal you would say that is in the forest where you are where i uh i guess bears or black bears are really like they're not 
I don't really consider them dangerous, but I guess that's as dangerous as we have. Um, Get emus? A bull moose is what scares me. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, moose can be dangerous. Well, um, yeah, we don't have like grizzlies or anything, so it's nothing too scary. Well, regardless, you could probably use somebody like this next guy out there to help you out with that. Um, oh, this guy looks so prepared already. Yeah. So for our audio listeners, uh, it's a younger man. He's got some sort of rifle. Yeah. Okay. He's wearing a, a green shirt. Relaxed right. grip on the branch. <laughs> Very relaxed. <laughs> one, one armed. <laughs> one arm on the branch, one arm holding the gun. Anyways, let's see uh, what this brave warrior has for us. Jamie's a friend over there. Oh, sit up there. Oh, he's down. Oh, no. See, this is what I was talking about. Look at that branch that he was on. And yeah. there is no live foliage. This kid's fucking crazy. No. <laughs> We're not going to push him in. That was going Jake. somewhere great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did the audio share okay in that last one? Could you guys hear the video okay? Yeah. All right, sweet. Just checking. <laughs> yeah. um, you mean... Just a fat kid going, ow! <laughs> <laughs> At one point, he also accidentally fires the, I think it's just an air rifle that he has. Anyways, yeah, sorry. That- he didn't have the safety on. Why do you start climbing a tree? You haven't put the safety on your gun. That's <laughs> asking for getting shot. Yeah, it could have turned out a lot worse for him. Anyways, sorry. That's the end of my uh, video segment. Just thought I'd share some clips with you guys for our audio listeners. I encourage you to watch this episode on YouTube and uh, you can see what we're looking at, but um, no, Joe, in all seriousness, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, and uh, we really appreciate your expertise in, in tree climbing there. And we'll probably have more forest questions for you here coming up. But um with this being uh, a music podcast, I wanted to shift to something a little more music related. So last week, guys, not that Joe was on the episode last week, but I mentioned that I was reading that Steely Dan book. And um, it just got me thinking a lot about American bands, particularly in the 70s, you know, because obviously a lot of references are made to bands like eagles and you know just other big american bands at the time and um something i've discussed with people before that i always think is kind of a fun debate or discussion and to preface this i know i gave you guys no warning of this beforehand but that was by design because i wanted your first takes on it but um i thought we could kind of have a little debate over who we think the greatest american band is and i want to do this when joe is here because joe you're an american and you're also a classic I, rock guy. I'd describe you as a big classic rock guy. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Okay. So naturally, like a lot of um, uh, the bands I have in, in contention here are uh, from the classic rock era. Um, but anyway, so I thought this out a little bit beforehand. But I have some simple criteria I thought we could use. And I, I want to know if you guys agree with this. They had so, to have OD'd. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, literally, I just wait a second. <laughs> Good call, Kean. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so point number one, it has to be a band. No Bob Dylan, no Simon and Garfunkel, no Hollow Notes. Julian, you're on mute if you're trying to say something, brother. Well, okay, so it it can't even be like a like a Garfunkel and Oates type situation. Yeah, I didn't. I I wanted to rule out duos for now. If you have a really, if you're like really riding hard for a duo or something like that, we could, you know, obviously the, the rules are not strict. If you want to throw someone in contention for that, but uh, I thought just to kind of limit the playing field, we could keep duos out of this. Uh, Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Green Let's day. Go. Okay. Let me get through the rest of the criteria. <laughs> um, right. Is Insling Clown Posse in the running? Oh, that is actually a good call, Key, and we we could include that. Are they okay, a posse? Because yeah, are posses allowed? I would I would call I would say ICP is enough of a. We can say like bands or group. Um, cause I, like, if you wanted to say Wu-Tang Clan or, or a different rap group, I think that we could include that in the band thing, but, uh, yeah, ICP is a potential one. Um, so point number two of my criteria, um, popularity. So this either can be in terms of total records sold, like they're just, you know, move a lot of units, a lot of people listen to their music. Or it could be popularity in the sense that they just have a lot of relevance in American culture. So like for Keaton's example of ICP, I would say they're not popular in the sense that they've like had gold albums or anything, but like they're very much in the zeitgeist of America. Okay, but they're also a duo. So you can say all that same shit about Simon and fucking Garfunkel. Okay. All right, sorry, Keen. ICP is out. I didn't know they were technically a duo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best background. That was awesome. For audio listeners, Keaton changes Zoom background to <laughs> picture of ICP. <laughs> okay. Um, point number three, and this is where Keaton's uh, first comment comes into play. So I said, for them to be considered as the greatest American band of all time, they have to have either A, longevity they've had to have been around for a long time or b break up because of a tragic death Ooh. so key in that your overdose comment could definitely come into play there <laughs> and um um okay four you guys can let me know if you agree or disagree with this criteria but i thought you know it being a band, it's important to have kind of uh, discernible band members and iconic uh, an iconic frontman. So like the the individual band members kind of have to have their own personality and like be identifiable within, um, you know, the the American perception of the band and stuff. Um, so we can you know argue that later if you guys don't like it, and then. My final point of my final criteria is they have to have a, a distinctly American ethos. So that could mean anything like how Leonard Skinner is like distinctly American, but I'd also make like a case for grunge being distinctly American in its own way. Um, or like a lot of the like 
California bands of like the 60s being distinctly American. Um, so that can be however you kind of think about Amer- like American, but I think, you know, there's obviously like a lot of bands from America that could really be from anywhere or that are even like purposefully trying to like emulate UK bands or something like that. So. Uh, question. So, and then you're including like hip hop in that whole realm as well then, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely, yeah. my, my first pass at this, um, I did have Wu-Tang Clan as a, as an honorable mention, but they weren't in my top group of contenders. Um, but yeah, any it, genre um, agnostic here, you know, obviously with rock and roll being around for the longest, like it, it was easier. To, and since like, you know, we think of bands most times as being like rock and roll bands, but uh, yeah, you can make a case for anyone you want. So let me, I, I did a first pass at my, um, I put it into two pools. One is like the main contenders and one is honorable mentions. So let me read who I have in no particular order. And then you guys can add whoever you want and then we can have a discussion around it. Okay. So my contenders, again, in no particular order, Grateful Dead, Fleetwood Mac, The Eagles, The Doors, Metallica, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. I was thinking Fleetwood Mac was definitely going to be my... Yeah. Yeah, I thought of Nirvana. Okay, and let me read my honorable mentions real quick. Um, um, Okay, so Wu-Tang Clan, like I mentioned. Credence Clearwater Revival. I don't know how I feel about that one, but they came up. Um, The Band. This one was also a little weird because it is t- it's led by a solo artist, but there's a band behind him. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, the Beach Boys, and the Strokes. I put in here. I don't know how I feel about the Strokes, though, to be honest. So, um, I uh, are we ruling ICP out now because we realized they're a duo, or I've realized they're a duo. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It's if you want to argue for it, I, I do. I would love if this came to the conclusion that Insane Clown Posse is the greatest <laughs> American band of all time. <laughs> That'd really be the ideal outcome. There's a lot story. of there's a lot of solid American duos that I feel still portray like that <clears throat> that an enigmatic frontman feel with like I don't know, just like that overall American ness. Like for instance, the White Stripes. I feel like. Uh huh. Yeah, that, I did like actually think of the white stripes, but I ruled the white stripes out because of the longevity thing. Um, and it's not like they did have kind of a dramatic breakup, but I didn't think it was dramatic enough. It wasn't to, like tragic by any means. Yeah. And but kind of like, they did put out a lot of records too. They did. Um, I'm like Bruce Springsteen, since you mentioned like a, a front man with a backing band. He's Yeah, yeah, Bruce like Springsteen, the Asian band. I know that's just maybe this making it maybe we should take Tom Petty out. We should because yeah, they're ultimately just like songwriters, not bands. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Let's cross Tom Petty off the list then. And we if should... we're gonna mention Nirvana, I think Foo Fighters should be an honorable mention. Just oh, because... I did. That's why I meant to add Foo Fighters to my honorable mentions. <laughs> they <list> uh... <clears throat> they so definitely doing... have longevity, and I mean just the fact that. Dave Grohl is literally in like two iconic American bands is pretty fucking crazy. 
in itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they have a special place in American music for sure. Um, sorry, I'm gonna go back to ICP real quick because Joe, <laughs> you're from Michigan originally, um, the home state of the Insane Clown Posse. What's your relationship? <laughs> What's your relationship like with ICP? Uh, so I, a very good friend of mine actually was filming videos for ICP. Um, and so he was working directly with both of them. Uh-huh. And, uh, I don't know what my relationship really is with ICP. They followed me throughout my whole life. I used to work with a guy with a Fago neck tattoo. Um, they have like such an intense following and i think that that's super fascinating and they are really funny individuals but i can't say that i would like ever turn on their music and just like kick back yeah not my thing but i'm fascinated with, uh, with their reach yeah well said are you like i'm just curious could you name like they're a little bit of the discography like could you like right off the top of your head name like individual icp songs and do you even have like one that you'd call a favorite no no i couldn't do <laughs> for the best yeah but um keaton did make and joe this came out on first episode which you said you listened to i don't know if you remember this we coincidentally talked about icp in that show so maybe icp would become a motif of the podcast. I would really like that along with. Hey, maybe um, we can YouTube get them on. Fish. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be incredible. But we were talking about fish and just like the culture around them. And Keaton said it like in modern times, it's probably like the following of fish is only contended probably by ICP and like maybe surpassed by ICP. So. Yeah. The FBI was, uh, did you hear about that whole, uproaring when the fbi labeled them as a uh, as a gang yes fan base as a gang yeah yeah and, uh, that made it extremely difficult to ensure the gathering of the juggalos because that's now a <laughs> gathering of a gang <laughs> it's unfortunate yeah it's really unfortunate i hate to see just kind of disenfranchised youth uh unfairly victimized like that by the american government it's such an evil uh it's kind of funny as though. the american it is funny <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway so sorry let's we'll hop off the icp uh train joe i just wanted to get your opinion on it um okay so again contenders um <clears throat> grateful dead fleetwood mac eagles doors metallica nirvana pearl jam any groups you guys want to move over into that main list or want to move over to I would just, mentions i'd like red to clarify hot peppers yeah red hot chili oh. for sure to the um, contenders list that's a good call so we're not doing we're not doing single like no single solo artists no duos. yeah okay so i was gonna say if we're doing that because like it'd jackson be bob dylan or probably. michael jackson or michael jackson but jackson yeah, five potentially yeah. free nationals yeah that's a good yeah okay uh i'd say blue jean committee <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen that show, the documentary now? Joe, Julian, Cam? I've um, seen some of it. Good yeah. call, Keith. The Blue Dream yeah. Committee is the perfect uh, conglomeration of 
all the great attributes of many 70s American rock bands that we adore. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put BJC on the honorable mentions list. <laughs> fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, um, what about Soundgarden? I I thought about Soundgarden, and yeah, we have two other of the big Seattle four grunge bands on here. They should definitely be an honorable mention. Okay, I just didn't. They they broke up relatively early yeah you're right and like you know definitely were popular when grunge was popular but pearl jam has the longevity and such a place in american culture now and nirvana had obviously one of the most famous deaths of all time so yeah we'll put soundgarden on the we'll mentions list so what about uh the almond brothers band? i don't remember yeah. almond brothers band really i don't remember all of your qualifications so they made this one. I thought about Almond Brothers and I thought about Doobie Brothers. And um went and I kind I kind of like in my head we're grouping them together with CCR and the band, maybe unfairly, but I whatever reason associate all those groups together. And um I may be incorrect about this, but I just feel like the band and CCR had a little more popularity and maybe like a little bit more of a, a place in like American musical culture. But uh, I think if you want to make a case for the Almond Brothers, we can totally put them on. I would make a relatively serious case for actually putting Green Day on the honor roll. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> like I, I, I did think about putting Green Day on. They've They've been a band since the 80s. And even though they're like not still the best band, they had a, a long period of time where like, I mean, everyone knew Green Day. And they were also mm-hmm. just funny enough on my honorable mentions list for like the, our like album review thing that we're going to do later. Dude, that's hilarious. I, I had Green Day Green on Day. there too. Yeah, yeah I list- I'm sure we all listened to Green Day when we were growing up, mm-hmm. like to a certain extent. So yeah. they formed a generation, maybe not like, generations before or after them as much but yeah know. no i, I think it would be this and green day to not not put them on here i'm drawing oh, a blank uh, is uh yeah, sorry joe is aerosmith an american band oh cam good call aerosmith is aerosmith is from, a, yeah yeah from uh, I put aerosmith in the contenders list for sure aerosmith is up there and like acdc even though they do yeah is yeah, but... australian are they really yeah, yeah. well Brian Johnson is. Are they all Australian? Yeah, Angus. I thought they were. I thought of them. I was like, nice. (laughs) What about the Temptations? Yeah, that's a good call. There's, I, I did feel like I was doing a disservice to a lot of the like Motown Mm -hmm. uh, groups, Joe. So yeah, we can do Temptations. I just for me, a lot of them didn't have the longevity thing. Yeah. We what about Michael again. Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> he had like semi longevity. Yeah, but he's a solo artist, bro. No yeah, solo bro, artist. Yeah, this is the greatest American band, bro. Yeah, oh, I mentioned the MJ Five though, too. The, the five he took form. Bro. He took multiple forms, not just one person. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there have been different versions of MJ, but then we could like. Then I feel like then we'd have to introduce Bob Dylan in it too, because Bob Dylan has had different periods and stuff. And, and like then, Prince. 
Yeah. If we're bringing in solo artists, having like uh, Biggie, Pac, I'd even put like Mike Miller in those kinds of lists too. Yeah, Kendrick has to be on. Kendrick, obviously. Like Eminem. Yeah. I'm beginning to feel like a rap god. Okay. Okay. Well, so we've got to reach an outcome, guys. We can't leave this episode not having names the greatest American band of all time. So let's go over our contenders one more time. Um, so we now have Aerosmith and Red Hot Chili Peppers in the mix, The Grateful Dead, Metallica, Fleetwood Mac, The Doors, Eagles, Nirvana, or Pearl Jam. Is it time to is it time to start throwing stuff out the window? Well, <laughs> Maybe easier than that. I'm ready to, be, I'm ready to debate. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we go around. I'll, I'll start because I have kind of a list. And of those contenders, you guys name your top three or four. And then we'll go from there. Okay. So I'll, I'm sorry to say this. Not really. I, I, I think this is fair. I might put The Grateful Dead as my number one right now. Two... And I'm actually am sorry to say this because I fucking hate the Eagles, but <laughs> I think the Eagles would have to be in my top three. And I think Metallica might have to be too. So this is like the most atrocious list, honestly, the Grateful Dead, the Eagles, and Metallica. <laughs> but I might say those would be in my top three for greatest American bands of all time. So I'll start there. Uh, who wants to go next? Can I ask you? I have a question, real quick. Is this specific to like the rock genre, like that kind of classic rock genre? Oh, God damn it, Cam! No, we've covered this. Okay, because we haven't like acknowledged any like hip hop groups or indies. Yeah, we did. We said I said Wu Tang fan. We've yeah. had an extended discussion we, about okay. RCP, in case you don't remember. <laughs> God damn it! All right, say, Wait, what about King Crimson? <laughs> No. What about no. Avenged Sevenfold? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Benjamin. No, we got to stick to our contenders list now. Wait, can I get that full list one more time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Eagles, Doors, Fleetwood Mac, Metallica, Dead, RHCP, Aerosmith. Okay. Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> They're still in potential, oh. man. Yeah. And you and said, 182. You said <laughs> Grateful Dead, Eagles, and Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm regretting how this list looks think, on paper wait, wait. now. I I'm think... pretty sure it was Metallica, Lint, Biscuit. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, it's, I think wait, let me say this right. list is genre agnostic. Except we're not allowing new metal bands. <laughs> no biscuit and no event seven. What about Deftones? No. <laughs> Wait, Julian, did you say my list is right though? Uh it's close, honestly. I okay, think. what's yours? Um I would probably say unfortunately uh the Eagles would probably be at the top. Uh-huh. Um I also hate the Eagles, so it brings me great pain to say that. Yeah. And then I would probably honestly say it's really hard for me to decide between Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I would say Nirvana would be second for me. Okay. Because they just 
I mean, they're still so relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that I was just, sorry, I'm going to interrupt real quick. I just heard a music journalist say that we're still in like Nirvana fallout, but like we're still suffering the effects of like everything post Nirvana has been identified as Nirvana fallout. <laughs> so many people are still trying to emulate that. Yeah. And, and okay, I'm sorry, who was your third? Say, I don't know. Like, as much as I would like to make Metallica my third, I would say Grateful Dead's probably overall been more okay. culturally relevant. Um, but I think Metallica should be at the top of like the honorable mentions list for sure because uh, there's so many different genres and subgenres of music that would not exist if Metallica never like pursued what they did. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else have their list assembled? I don't know. I'm still like going between. I don't know. I like the contenders list, but I'm still like thinking there's a lot we could be missing out on, like Daft Punk, for example. There's no, and they're not American. Honorable man. Are they really not? What are they? They're European. Oh, I, I think no they're French. Okay, but as far as the contenders list goes, I disagree with the Eagles thing. I think I don't think they went top Um. <laughs> I guess Just I'm ask in. any ask any old person, like any person over the age of forty, to sing you an Eagles song, and they'll have one that they know front to back. Yeah, and at one point, the Eagles were the highest selling artist on the planet, past Elvis, past the Beatles, past Elton John. At one moment, and I, I think it's still maybe the case that the Eagles' greatest hits album was the sold the most like physical units of any record ever so it's hard to be the eagles in popularity anyways okay that's not to say you have to include the eagles i just make a case well now that i know all that <laughs> me <laughs> the eagles are probably going to three. but i would probably put it's tough um i don't know i feel like fleetwood mac has always been very relevant and they had that re- do you guys remember that video that came out i'm gonna find it really quick i'm gonna screen share it it was that video of that guy. Um, yeah, I we know the video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm no, way, no bother even playing it. He's listening to, was it, what was it, what song? Was Dreams. Dreams, yeah. Uh, and that one, and then it caused this like huge Fleetwood Mac resurgence. And like everyone I know and their mother was back on Fleetwood Mac. And I got like another billion streams in like a month. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because yeah, I think Fleetwood Mac was, I, that would be my fourth would be Fleetwood Mac. But anyways, so okay, Kim, who's your second? Probably Metallica. Okay. And who's your third? The Eagles. Eagles. Oh no, the Eagles. Are more <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right, Joe or Keaton? Who wants to go uh, next? Oh, 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 oh! Scree, scree! Uh, I'll go because uh, mine are pretty fucking awesome. But okay. So- <laughs> I'm going to start uh, my, uh, I guess um, I agree with the the Beach Boys and that's like my number one. Okay. Just because yeah. I've been thinking like about them a bunch. Of, yeah. I just, yeah. and okay. So Beach what was, are the best? Yeah. I mean, they're cool. And especially they're like the American Beatles. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah they were our answer to the Beatles. And if the Beatles are like unanimously agreed as the greatest rock band of all time, then yeah, I think the Beach Boys is a good pick. 
Yeah, and side note, um, who was that cult leader guy, uh, Marilyn Manson? Oh, Charles. Charles Manson. Manson. Char- yeah, yeah. Dennis, different. Dennis Marilyn Wilson. Manson. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Manson, Manson has done some fucked up shit, though, too. It's true. <laughs> yeah, but um, supposedly um, he was a songwriter on a couple B-side of uh, Beach Boys songs. Yeah, he had a song called... Um, so Charlie, Charlie, I, sorry, I only know so much about this because I just read a, a book about Charles Manson. It's called Chaos, and it talks a little about him and Dennis Wilson. Charles Manson really wanted to be like a rock star, and yep. he found Dennis Wilson, and Dennis Wilson was like riding for him, mostly because Dennis Wilson found it advantageous to be around Charlie because he had all the girls he could sleep with. It's really fucked up. But uh, yeah, so Dennis Wilson tried to help him get his music career off the ground, and they did at one point. Yeah, like uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Record a Charles Manson song and release it as a beat. I forget what the Beach Boys they they changed the title, but the the Charles Manson song was called like uh, "Cease Existing" or "Stop Existing" or something like that. Anyways, yeah, but he got super pissed off because the Beach Boys changed their name and the lyrics, and yeah, so yeah. Charles Manson was like pissed. And then yeah, has and then somehow that ties in with the Sharon Tate um because um sharon tate lived at the house that terry melcher used to live at and terry melcher was the record producer who worked with the beach boys and so he went there originally because he wanted to kill the uh, terry melcher yeah sharon tate and stuff yeah anyways so there's innocent bystanders there's totally innocent but that's a good point yeah because and that does like uh ingrain the beach boys even more in like the american legends that they're like so closely tied to one of the most infamous uh, american events of all time anyways yeah who's your oh, second Keats? second i would i was thinking because we haven't I don't, did anybody say Soundgarden yet we talked yeah, about yeah. Soundgarden. i just okay. said enough no i didn't say they're not good enough i just said i didn't include them on the list because i i put nirvana and pearl jam over them um just because pearl jam has more longevity and uh Nirvana had the, you know, a more infamous story. The only argument I'll make for Soundgarden is I think that now they're having like a resurgence. Yeah, with Chris Cornell's death. I just didn't like that they had it. If we're looking at their whole career, a big, like close to 20 year gap because they broke up in like 98 or something and then didn't get back together until like 2015, I think, maybe earlier. But so, yeah, they have a, a pretty long gap in their career. So I thought that kind of like, but Key, if you want to say Soundgarden, nothing. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna know. Um, no, you can maybe put added to an honorable mentions. Uh, okay, for sure, Slipknot, for sure, Corn, <laughs> <laughs> System of a Down. Uh, I do love System of a Down, but um, they are Armenian technically. Mm. Oh really? But they got. I mean, yeah, probably they're Armenian. I mean, yeah, I think. Like two of them are American and two of them are Armenian. Yeah, sorry for throwing out all the new metal. I'm trying to think of mm-hmm. uh really good. I'd say uh and they don't count because they're uh they're German and also yeah, so I can't say that shit. Um I'm trying to think of bands. Uh I was just yeah, thinking I, this journey. Do you want me to read do you want me to read the contenders list again? um no 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 you're oh, i you mean i'm okay. I'm just yeah i am happy to i agree with everything you guys are saying though so i'm happy to pass the mic off to you 
No, no, you got to name your three, dude. You got I at least named. Okay, blue. Okay, so Beach Boys, Soundgarden, Blue Jean Committee. There you fucking okay, go. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Very contrarian answer, but I dig it. And then Slipknot for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to include one like weird kind of new metal or I don't think new. I'm going to include one weird metal band just to get that over with. Okay. We'll, we'll say Slipknot. This to move it down has to be in the honorable mentions because they're half American. I don't know. They're fully I don't American, know. But half Armenian as well. You really you think System of Down is one of the greatest American bands of all time? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I would put them if I if we were doing like personal favorite bands, they would be on my list for sure. Yeah, but that's the challenge of, of this. I know, is, and why I created the criteria so we couldn't just name our personal favorites. I think this it's kind of the same thing though, where like where we were talking about people of generations before us like knowing bands catalogs like knowingly or not i feel like system is kind of in that vein for people our age because like everybody knows them or like a a fuckload of people do for at least one song which yeah isn't to say they're good but to me that makes them at least relevant okay okay i I include my honorable mentions I mentioned it a second ago, but for another throw in the honorable mentions, Journey. Yeah, that's a, that's a good talk, man. Okay, Journey. All right, Joe. I was going to say Motley Crue. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, Mot- I know. I feel like I also neglected some like, I'm sorry, Joe. Good, like 80s glam bands. Yeah, like, I think Motley Crue is a good call, Keaton. Um, <laughs> and like Motley Crue, especially for the personalities, because like, yeah. that's maybe the biggest part of like what makes a great band is like motley crew it's four dudes who like everybody knows the individual dudes and they'll have their own crazy stories and did you guys watch the dirt motley Crue's yeah God-awful i read the book too yeah. the, the i didn't like the movie but the book was really good the movie was a trope but it literally starts i don't know yeah. i don't, well, I don't know why they cast him <laughs> Kelly is anyway yeah, so, uh, joe what's what's your uh what's your list so i think i'm going to agree with with Keaton about the, the Beach Boys. Okay. Slap them up on that. Uh, yeah, maybe number one. Um, I put the Grateful Dead on there. Okay. And then number three would be... Uh, can you read me the contenders list again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Eagles, Doors, Fleetwood Mac, Metallica, Dead, RHCP, Aerosmith. I might have to agree, agree with you guys with the Eagles, but I'd like to put, uh, I don't think we talked about Tribe, Tribe Called Quest. Oh, yeah. Being, oh, oh you're right. Yeah. Good call. I remember <laughs> Quest Triber, Joe and or Colin? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was my <laughs> Xbox uh, <laughs> handle for a little bit because I was really Quest into Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> Okay, um, so I'll crunch the numbers la- later. I'm gonna do live on air. I'll put this out on our uh, website or something in case anybody ever wants to fucking look at this. But uh, I think so. I think from this, we can narrow it down and say that in the in the top four spots for the best American band of all time. We have 
The Eagles, The Grateful Dead, Beach Boys, and who else did we all name? I guess Metallica. Metallica Metallica made it on two of of people's lists. So yeah, Um, Beach Boys made it on two lists. Eagles made it on four lists. Um, Dead made it on three lists. So I I guess right now it's a toss-up between the Eagles. And Slipknot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, coming in from... Oh, my God, surprise me. Blue Jean Committee is the best American band of all time. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Okay, but... um, no, guys, great segment. Congratulations to the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the greatest American band of all time. Uh, followed closely by the Grateful Dead, maybe. Okay. I And I, I think that's a... Um, that I did expect the Eagles to be high up in there. So I think we did a good job. I did want to... We didn't really talk about this. And I, I was wondering when I put this on the contenders list, if anybody would object to it, but I had the doors on here. Do you, how do you guys feel about the doors being I think doors. more of an honorable mention? I think. Okay. Honorable. Drillin, you hate the doors. You straight up hate it's them. It's an honorable mention, but I do straight up hate the doors. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate the doors? I just kind of surprises me, honestly. I didn't expect you to be like the biggest Doors fan ever, but annoying. Is Jim Morrison annoying? Jim Morrison's annoying. He's whiny. All their songs sound the same. I don't care who I'm pissed off. Because I do. (laughs) I don't want to make anybody mad. My opinion shouldn't mean that much to anybody. But (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I just they're uh, boring to me, and I do see the argument like. They definitely were like very relevant to their time, and they definitely cling on to relevance even like now. And but, the, a, a part of the reason I, I thought they were strong contender is um, Jim Morrison's death was relatively early. You know, it's twenty seven club, and um, like a, a now like pretty infamous death. You know, in terms of yeah rock star deaths, and they had pretty good unit sales too like yeah definitely yeah very popular and uh um i feel like again like an identifiable band like a very unique place and like jim morrison you know since this is american bands jim morrison is uh <laughs> thanks <Keith. laughs> oh so sweet sorry guys there's a sweet chat going on here um but uh Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Anyways, yeah, I thought the door doors fit in there. So, anyways, yeah. uh, any el- anything else to add to the argument, guys? Before we wrap this up and move to album reviews, I thought that was a great segment, uh, Colin. But I do think we were neglecting like the more hip hop genre a lot. Like when when Joe said a tribe called Quest, I would just open like a door for like so many. Yeah, movies. maybe we should do another one of this and and decide. A lot of my favorite hip hop artists are like solo artists. <laughs> what is happening in this chat? <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on the solo artist thing though, yeah. Like hey, Tribe right. is awesome and definitely fits in like the group category well. 
but not a whole lot of other hip-hop artists really brand themselves as groups like wu-tang is also a great honorable mention maybe we should maybe it was a mistake maybe we should have kept this to like traditional bands and maybe we should have a separate discussion sometime where we argue like best group hip-hop groups or hip-hop artists awesome 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 segment Colin. thank you thanks guys thanks for participating that was fun um Okay, we'll move on to the album reviews segment um, last week. So we're, we're going to switch to a thing where the person who hosts each episode will name like a theme for the album reviews next week. So Julian hosted last week's episode and he picked the theme of albums released between 2000 and 2010 that had like a significance to our childhood and our upbringing because um, all of us... Um, were born in the mid to mid late nineties with the exception of cam who was born in 2001. But anyways, so, you know, 2000, 2010 is obviously like a very crucial time for our upbringing or, or, you know, just like pop culture then is kind of different than it will ever be again. But anyways, um, so Joe, with you being our guest, I thought I'd let you go first. I did. When I was texting about this episode, I said, if you wanted to participate in the review, you're more than welcome. And I gave you the theme. Something I didn't tell you since then, Julian did say after that, like, since this was hard to pick just one, you can name, again, like your honorable mentions, like we did for the last segment. Um, so if you have honorable mentions that you want to name, feel free to. But if you want to just go straight to the review, that is fine as well. Right on. Uh, yeah, so... I bounced around a little bit with uh, what album I was I was going to do for this, but I ultimately landed on one that has stuck through the years, um, and I still listen to it all the time, especially when I'm doing field work, uh, just because it's a, it's a bop. So this album is uh, "On the Sun" by the Black Seeds. Mm-hmm. You'll throw up a graphic of it and post. Boom, it's right here. (laughs) And so the Black Seeds, New Zealand reggae band. And this album is... uh, How do I explain it? It's super funky. And so I'm into it for that reason. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, the funk reggae situation is... Uh, super agreeable to me there's but there are a few things on it that uh you know i don't think it's perfect and maybe it's impossible to make a perfect record and so i shouldn't be looking for that and i'm not um but there's like a in the production of this album in particular the like the drums are kind of they leave something to be, uh, they, they leave something out. They're not like as full. Cause I've, I've heard the live shows that the black seeds play. Uh, and the drums are very full and sound like you hear them from the inside out mm-hmm. <laughs> inside of your body before the outside <laughs> of your body. And you kind of miss that on like the recorded albums, which is a bummer. Um, uh, but that's not to say it's it's not worth a listen. Um, and what I really like about it is that from start to finish, it's 
it's like a journey going through. Uh, and I really dig that about albums rather than just like one theme throughout the whole thing. Kind of mm -hmm. like, a, I like going on, on a journey throughout the album. So I really dig that about this. What did you, sorry if I missed it, did you say what year it came out in? 2004. Okay, 04. Yeah, this was an 04 album. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm uh, vaguely familiar, but I'll definitely have to give that album a listen through because I'm uh, I have never done that. Yeah, these podcasts are fun for that reason. I get lots of new music to listen to from you guys. Yeah, yeah, but super rad choice, Joe. Like, I feel like my answer will probably be predictable, but um. I didn't see like a, a New Zealand reggae band coming up in this list at all. So that's, that's still, thanks for, for bringing that. Um, we uh, do the like waxies rating. Yeah. Sometimes. If you want to rate it out of 10, you can. If you don't want to, you obviously rating music. Yeah, I'd hit it with a, I'd hit it with an eight waxies out of 10 waxies. Ooh. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's true. Right on. All right. Well, everyone listen to the, to the Black Seas. Thanks, Joe. Um, anyone else want to go next? Anyone volunteer? Or Joe, you can popcorn it someone if you want. Hit him with it, Cam. Oh, I don't know why. I had a feeling you were going to pick me. But, um, okay, so I... Target. <laughs> yeah, the only one. If you guys like my background filter. But... I was pretty relieved when Julian had sent that text in the chat saying like to do an honorable mentions because I was struggling a lot and I was going to come on here and like fall apart. So it's kind of fun compiling a list, honestly, because it made me add a bunch of songs I forgot about back to my like main playlist. But for mine, and I'm eager to see how mine will compare because obviously I'm only five, four to five years younger than you guys, but I feel like that is a well enough gap where there could be a pretty good range of music that is different from what you guys might say so in no particular order this is my honorable mentions um first uh kid cuddy man on the moon 2009 album pursuit of happiness comes out there's some awesome guitar riffs on there really really great uh, album it's like kind of like a party anthem for people my age um this is more of a personal choice they're very low-key the band yacht um see mystery lights is a 2010 album that i fell in love with when i first heard the song psychic city and uh, the whole album was great. It was almost going to be my review album, but I moved it to honorable mentions. And then talking about the Strokes, is this it? Colony showed me this album. Is this it? Two thousand one. Um, I think that album goes down just nationally, internationally, as one of the best albums of all time, regardless of this like two thousand ten thing. And then I wanted the, my next honorable mention is more of a. It's one it's an album I love and an album that has helped me like definitely like coming of age kind of continues with that coming of age theme. But I also wanted to highlight the movie aspect. My next album is the Lord of the Rings Return of the King soundtrack, actually, because I feel like that's neglected a lot, is how much the soundtrack of a movie can change both the definition of the movie and just how much it can touch you and change a scene. And I feel like that's like overlooked a lot for great songs just because they're in a movie. But um, this soundtrack won an Oscar. The movie actually swept the Oscars one in all 11 categories, but this soundtrack won an Oscar. And it still pulls millions of streams. And the cast actually created it, like Don Monaghan, Billy Boyd, they actually created many of the songs. So awesome soundtrack, even more revolutionary for the movie field. But the album I wanted to review 
was Oracular Spectacular by MGMT 2007. Um, probably my maybe my favorite album of all time. Um, but it definitely, when I was like a kid, I have really fond memories of like watching the music video to Time to Pretend and Electric Field. And it's, I don't know. It's like the theme of the album is very much like that um, in the name of Oracular Spectacular, but like that kind of imagination and like that trust in youth kind of thing where it does it's like very imaginative and it's very much like a touch on the creative side of what your brain can kind of conjure musically um so i was gonna list mgmt earlier in our little list we were talking about bands because it is a duo it is a duo band though so i guess it would have been vetoed but um mgmt formed in 2002 and made a record spectacular in 07 and that's when they took off um originally actually I just read a fact about this the other day. MGMT was originally called management, but they were just using MGMT to sign off on things as an abbreviation, and it just stuck eventually. And everyone just started calling them MGMT. And they were no longer management, so that was pretty cool. I thought they were called Majumpt. Majumpt. Yeah, that's that's often. Mm-hmm. I did that too. That's probably where the confusion came from because I'm sure you told that to me. <laughs> but it's like as I said, it's a very like appropriate for the youth and definitely like kids love this because it's just like a very like fun you know imagine the thing but it also has like a psychedelic noise and it is a very nostalgic album it reminds me of like when i was a kid and like listening to the music videos and definitely takes me back to like an easier time i'd say but the first song time to pretend is definitely like that i don't know i guess it's called like a mission statement for the whole album because it opens up and it's like time to pretend like time to you know imagine and time to be like creative and time to be yourself and just kind of Get, go, get lost in this album so i love that fact about it that from the first song to the last this theme of um pretending is developed um it was nominated for a couple of international awards i think the one i'm thinking of was the brit award in 2009 i don't think it won but it was nominated which was pretty awesome and then i fell back in love with mgmt the i'm like kind of into like not like very into like i like watching the marvel movies and i remember like the spider-man trailer came out and they used time to pretend and there's this another, another resurgence with MGMT. People were like, oh my God, what a fucking great band. And like it came back into the mainstream. And that was pretty awesome. But they're still making stuff. I think their last album is 2018. I forget the name. But amazing, amazing um, band and album. And if you guys haven't, go watch some of the old music videos. They're fucking hilarious. They're little so Little Dark funny. Age, Cam, is their last album. I love Little is Dark Age. Is it? Awesome. Thanks for calling. Yeah, Little Dark Age is good. Um, but yeah, definitely if you have some time, maybe you can have time to end up just screen share their time to pretend music video. They're so fucking funny. They're awesome. It's like horrible editing. You can tell it's like a thirty dollar budget, probably. <laughs> but yeah, um Oracular Spectacular and Gen Z takes this week's. And I'd give it if I if I for like subjectively personal reasons, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. But obviously you can't I think no album deserves a 10 out of 10. So objectively it's more of like honestly like a 7.5 8 out of 10 but to me my it's one of my favorite albums of all time by the doubt good review thanks i did have a uh that album came up to me as a potential honorable mention but i kept it off because i wasn't familiar with the whole album until like much later i just knew the singles really well um that's a great album but yeah it's a great album yeah and yeah the music video for uh, time to pretend is ingrained in my memory from the <laughs> days. Yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah. so funny. Um, all right, who do you want popcorn it to? Or you, um, if someone pop- wants to volunteer, obviously. Popcorn Julian. 
Dang, I kind of knew you were going to do that for some yeah. reason, too. Um, all right. Well, I, yeah, I sent that text because I was like, honestly, really struggling with just picking one album. I felt like it was really hard for me to like get into a mindset where I was just thinking of one album because when I was listening to this music, I wasn't really listening to it one album at a time. I was listening to like all of it at once. And so it was all like, put into one lump in my brain where it like all was the same kind of era and just yeah like nostalgic feeling rather than like individual bands and artists or whatever but anyway I wound up writing reviews or like notes for all these albums to help me narrow down which one I felt like still was like the most important to me at this time so honorable mentions from the bottom up system of a down baby we already talked about them uh i did their albums uh steal this album which came out november 26th of 2002 um also on the list is thrice again because i'm a huge thrice guy but couldn't do two thrice albums on the same podcast that'd be awful uh but i wanted to mention their album visu january 1 of 05 and then also uh franz ferdinand really for some reason formative band to me coming oh, nice. up yeah um i went with their album you could have it so much better which came out in uh, october of 2005 and then the, another band called editors which for me which was like a really big band when i was really young i remember listening to them in like third grade and just having my mind blown their debut album backroom which also came out january 1st of 05 and then last but not least on the honorable mentions, uh, Radiohead's Amnesiac, which came out in uh, March of 2001. Um, I'm a really huge Radiohead fan and that album, I mean, a lot of people hate it. A lot of people love it. It's very polarizing, but uh, Amnesiac is my personal favorite Radiohead album. So I'll just say that and move on. Um, my review, I wound up going with a Coldplay album um, because Coldplay, honestly, I would Hell say yeah. this is yeah, awesome. Uh, you can hate all you want for this, everyone that's listening, but uh, I would say Coldplay was probably my most consistently like favorite band when I was growing up because they had a consistently good uh, discography and they made progression on each album. So the album I picked, um, I also have a copy of it here, is X and Y. Oh, it's not really going to show up. I don't know why I keep trying that. but I'll put it in um, post. Yeah, edit that in. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, it came out June 6th of 2005. Uh, it's their third album. Uh, and it was produced by uh, Coldplay as well as this guy named Danton Supple, which just take a second to appreciate that name. Uh, that dude also produced their second album with them a little bit, but it was also largely produced by this other dude named Ken Nelson. But on album three, Coldplay and Ken Nelson apparently had like a little bit of a beef, just like artistically, where Ken Nelson was kind of moving in directions that Coldplay didn't really want to for this album. Um, so throughout the whole process of like producing and like engineering this album they wound up recording and re-recording stuff like a bunch of fucking times 
And they wound up, it's kind of crazy. During this session, they wound up writing 60 songs and discarding 52 of them um, because they just weren't good enough. And they wound up re-recording lots of chunks of songs because they were just playing them so much in the studio that they were progressing beyond the like initial track. So they just felt like they needed to go retrack a bunch of stuff. Anyway, yeah, production took over a year. It started in the beginning of 2004, and they thought the album was going to be out at the end of 2004. Uh, but they wound up pushing the release to January of 2005 and then pushing it again to June of 2005, which is when it actually came out. Um, so, yeah, they just dove really heavy into like production and making everything like perfect. They also really started bridging the gap between like incorporating electronic elements with like rock music and a lot of people call this like a space rock album which to be honest i don't really know what that even is but it is like a pretty atmospheric album that is juxtaposed with just like some more serious rock and like alt rock um i love the way it's produced i love the way it's balanced um there's a lot of like really key songs on it um i didn't like make a key tracks list or anything i'm not going to go through the track list but uh Anyone that's interested, I feel like the best experience is just start to finish. Um, a lot of people know the song Fix You, which came off this album. Um, and actually, I didn't know this until I was like reading about this album, but it was actually the most sold uh, album unit-wise of 2005, which is kind of crazy because a lot came out that really? year. Really? Yeah. Yeah, or this Col album... Yeah, they I forget they didn't write down the number, but it was like over 6.9 million physical copies. That's cool. Um, and yeah, they also were on the top 32 list of like worldwide bands. So it was a big album, which I thought was interesting because it seemed like it was kind of forgotten after it came out, especially after like X or sorry, Viva La Vida came out and that was like the shit. Um, but yeah, I feel like X and Y really was the album that first got me interested in like how things are produced and like what sounds I'm actually hearing. Um, so yeah, I, I threw that on my list of like my number one, because it just felt like it's the album that I still like reference and think back on the most when I'm thinking about like just music that's important to me overall. So yeah, that's pretty much all I got for that. That's awesome, man. I'm, I love that you did a uh, Coldplay album. And um, what, what um, album, what, like what number was that for their, for them in their discography? How many albums did they release before that? So this was album number three. Okay. Um, they had parachutes as number one and then rush of blood to the head as number two. And I was going to do rush of blood to the head, honestly, but this album just went further sonically and I feel like maybe made a, a larger footprint on my personal desire to like make uh, like a rock based music that's still exploratory into other things. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Great review. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, I'm glad you did Coldplay because it feels like you, 
we wouldn't have a proper review of albums coming out in the 2000s if Coldplay wasn't on that list somewhere. Yeah, they definitely at least would have been on my honorable mentions because every on every album they released on their first three albums, there was at least one or two songs that were like major like radio play songs. And I mean, yeah, just their unit sales were super impressive, mm-hmm. especially for like a newer band. Um, and I did want to like kind of reevaluate how I was giving waxies. Cause I feel like I was giving everything the exact same score. So yeah. my waxy rating is going to be a little bit more just like how I think the album is like universally kind of like how cam did his just now. So I would put it at like a seven overall for like musical quality. Um, but for me personally, it's definitely closer to like an eight or an eight and a half waxies. Um, and yeah, I will popcorn to my boy Colin, I suppose. Okay. You. Um, so, you know, like everyone, uh, I was overwhelmed at first when we had this, because like I said, like, I don't think there'll be a period in our lives again where like we take in music the way we did in the 2000s like i think like when you're like not eight to 10 or 11 like that's kind of like when pop culture is like maybe it's most fascinating to you and therefore like music coming around at that time hits different than it ever will again right so yeah i was struggling with this and then i kind of like reevaluated and i i said i should pick something like that i actually listened to as an album at that time because you know then you know like you guys have said like it's mostly like consuming singles or like music videos that come on mtv and there were only there were still a lot of albums i was listening to like in the forms of cds that i had in my room um so anyways i limited to that so i have three honorable mentions um first vampire weekend their debut album which is self-titled second out of exile by audio slave third the killer's hot fuss but what i chose as my number one like sort of early album that was important to me was demon days by the gorillas um and i picked that because it was definitely what i was most obsessed with at the time it came out in 2005 so um i would have turned uh, nine that year i guess i was eight when the album came out but um, my first introduction was the music video for Feel Good Inc. on MTV. I remember I'd watch MTV every morning before school and I'd get up early to make sure I saw the Feel Good Inc. music video. And I never heard a song like that. Like, I think it was maybe the first song where, like, I heard where there was a, a rap feature on it and I thought it was so cool and I loved the chorus and it was just like mesmerizing. And um, I remember for my birthday that year i got demon days uh, my parents knew i was like obsessed with feel good ink so they bought me the cd for demon days and it was like all i listened to for a year and still an album i listened to all the time and um so anyways it, this is uh the so first the gorillas we all, probably all know them but in case you don't the gorillas are cool because they're kind of one of they're groundbreaking in the way that they were never a real band they're a virtual band um that's uh 
behind the partnership between Damon Auburn, who was the front man for uh, Blur, who was like a Britpop band who were incredibly successful in the 90s. And I think Damon was burnt out from Blur and looking for something else. So he partnered with this guy, Jamie Hewlett, who was an animator. Or uh, Hewitt, I think I should know this. How do you, how is his last name pronounced? One second. Anyways, Hewitt or Hewlett. Sorry, guys. So this is embarrassing. Anyways, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter, I guess. But <laughs> so uh, they were like a virtual band. So all the music videos, um, they created these characters. Um, and there's still like an ever evolving universe of realist characters. But um, there's four animated characters who they always portrayed as like writing and coming up with the songs. Um, and they were very innovative in that it was like largely like kind of a rock band. Um, but they, brought in a, a lot of great hip-hop artists new features on songs everything um so they released their first album in or i forget the exact year 2003 maybe and demon days is their second album and it came out in 2005 and it was hugely successful they had a lot of big singles from the album um feel good inc was the first single dare was the second single and Dare is actually the only song where I was surprised of all the singles to become uh, to go to number one on the UK charts. Everything else hovered around there, but never reached number one, only Dare. Um, Dirty Harry was the third single. And then the last single was Kids with Guns slash El Manana. Um, so this album was also cool for me because it was like the first introduction to kind of it being like a concept album. They got the famous um, actor, uh, Dennis Hopper, who's in like Apocalypse Now and stuff, a uh, famous actor, to kind of narrate different songs throughout it. And it creates this, this whole universe and all the songs are kind of set in that universe. So it's kind of a concept album in that way. But anyways, um, in the interest of time, I'll, I'll wrap this one quick and just say uh, that Demon Days was hugely important for me and amazing album and most likely everyone listening is familiar with it but even if you are go back and have another listen because it's a wonderful album and um i don't i didn't think too much about waxies on this one i guess objectively again i'll i'll give it eight uh yeah i'm also bad at i I'll, i don't have a, a review yet under like eight waxes but i'll give it eight waxes fuck it <laughs> yeah we're anyways, always eight waxes yeah all of us are 8.4 <laughs> anyways and uh Keaton, i'll popcorn to you brother squeeze squeeze uh i liked your review um especially regarding like demon days because i was also going to mention that and julian's mentioning of Coldplay. um and specifically to hit on demon days that you know that was like when i was younger because i kind of i didn't grow up in a like sheltered household but it was definitely i didn't get introduced to much hip-hop at all because i um because we lived in fort collins (laughs) so yeah um, i remember us definitely watching like gorilla's music videos together to keep when we were were kids and we thought they were so cool and Yeah. uh, yeah right so i definitely tapped on that but um i would say um and then coldplay for sure because like julian said they kept improving every album they're still like doing shit um their musicality and production was like crazy 
their songwriting was really so that but um then i was also going to mention uh since i forced you guys to push this up to uh, 2010 <laughs> um uh inner speaker by tame impala came out in 2010 i'd oh, say like that really? would, wow. yeah and so that would cool. be like a huge yeah and that combination of kevin parker and pond um those two bands or like those two entities matched really well together on that album and it, you know like um i i'd say you know the whole album rocks it's like 11 songs so i won't name all the songs but I mean, like six and seven solitude is, is bliss. And then Jeremy's storm is like a great back to back lose your mind type of song. So, um, yeah. Um, and then, so Tame Impala, great band, super influential, um, in my musical upbringing for sure. But, um, and then this is kind of a out of left field, but, um, you know, you know, that, uh, individual, I guess, MIA, um yeah oh yeah cool. yeah yeah i was Love thinking I, I, yeah yeah because that that i think that came out in like 2008 um and it, i first saw it in movies like uh pineapple express some in like you know like slumdog millionaire i'm pretty sure is where i like it's highlighted the most but yeah, like um, paper planes that, yep. that song yeah, I think that was yeah. sounds like my guilty pleasure dude i love that song it's a good song it was one of the first songs that introduced me to like not just western type sounds and i think that's where i started like oh you know there's stuff that's like outside of this like um uh generic scale so anyways yeah just um i'll keep it short because i know julian's got uh you got work but you yeah that's just uh i actually got called off an hour so take your time oh really oh, right, cool. good shit, just got this news Woohoo! oh we could talk about icp more yeah but i will yeah, anyways, say though yes. sorry to interrupt but just as a fun aside you like showed me the album inner speaker pretty much whether you like really know that or not because i totally missed tame impala as a kid but like when I started jam with you guys as like sophomores, you were like still yep. listening to all that shit. And that was the first time I really heard it and understood it. So yeah, shout out. Yeah, to you. I, we were juiced. And I think um, Nathan was the most juiced on it. <laughs> and he, uh, I remember specifically, like we went on a hike and he played the entire album on the hike. And it was very fascinating to like, uh, you know hear it in nature once it, it was one of those it was a weird album to listen to because it's very conceptual and so it's cool to mention a conceptual album on this uh podcast as well yeah right on but has anybody else i think we've all gone correct yeah that's everyone yeah um, so um out of like yeah i guess i uh, my rating system is so fucked up with the waxies too i have no idea um i'd say um just overall how good the album is because they made other better albums i'd say seven out of ten for the for tim and paula yeah for the waxies yeah. and also because seven ten. <laughs> yeah i didn't get into tim and paula until uh lonerism i listened and then i went back on inner speaker but uh yeah great albums groove you keep i like mia too because that like paper planes like i said i picked like ones 
they're really important albums to me, but like in the flood of influx of like songs that came in that I was obsessed with, Paper Planes would definitely be in there. And also, yeah, everyone after that song came out was trying to like emulate that exact production style and they still are. So yeah, you're definitely right in the sense that it was like an introduction of a whole new like style overall. Okay. Well, I mean, even though Julian has some extra time, we can wrap it up really because I think we're at a, a good uh, timestamp. Joe, again, thanks so much for coming on. Um, we really appreciate it. Will you come on again? We'd love to have you as a regular. Anytime. Anytime. All right. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, I miss you, man. I miss you. Yeah, it was great to see you all. Yeah, you yeah. Too. That was great to see Likewise. you Likewise. Any plans to come to Colorado anytime soon? I don't have any uh I don't have any plans because I'm too busy to plan things out. Yeah. Um, but I definitely need to get out there. So I hope that uh, or maybe we can meet somewhere in the middle of the summer or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, how's the snow? It's dumping supposedly, right? Yeah, well it's not snowing right now, but we got hit with a pretty good storm this past week. So. I heard like two feet. Yeah. Yeah, about that. Holy so we're, shit. We're That's chilling. insane. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going anywhere too soon. <laughs> That's nuts. We've gotten a bit of snow here. Um, it's like picked up in the last couple of weeks. Like it's so it's uh, we got a good amount this past week and we'll snow again Tuesday, but it's been pretty sparse compared to other winters. But the skiing's been all right. Yeah, dude, good season so far. It turned around mm. very quickly, which I'm so happy about. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, I love all of you. Thanks for another great episode of Waxy Wednesdays. Thanks to all of our listeners. We'll see you next week. Peace and love. Right. Bye, Wax Romantics. Bye, Joe. See you soon. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Scree, scree. Scree. Puff, puff, scree. Waxy Wednesdays with Wax Romantics.